It's the Score North Twin Show. Yeah, welcome in to the Score North Twin Show here. It's the off season, but this show will not rest. Judd Zolgad, Declan Ooh. is uh, enjoying a long weekend here with the Vikings not playing until Monday. So you and I are here for a little feedback Friday and the twins are on the immaculate grid with two new categories that we've never seen before, including one that I've been longing for. Yeah. The one we'll spoil it a little bit here. The one that you've been longing for is players who spent their entire career with one team, right? Yes. Yes. Way That's more part of the grid today. <laughs> I know. I love it. So we're looking forward to it. Um, but let's get to some, we'll turn this into a feedback Friday here where we go through some of the questions and hot takes, whatever it is that you guys have either in the YouTube comment section of the score North twin show episodes, or you can send us feedback through the score North app. There's a feedback tab. That's the best way to email the show. And if you haven't done already, if you could click the uh, like button and the subscribe button on the score North YouTube channel, and a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts will help us keep growing this awesome community of Twins fans, right? So let's start with Nick5238 Judley. Some of the richest owners in baseball, the Polads, and they won't literally take one for the team. Very similar market to San Diego in terms of size and stature. And look at how much they're spending in San Diego. Of course, they might say it's not working so great. Yeah. Not asking you to pay multiple players 300 plus million dollars, but I am asking for a legit push to win a World Series. We're entering a legit window here. If we come up short because the owners don't want to invest in their team, they shouldn't be owners. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think the Padres, with all due respect, are a terrible example because it didn't work at all. Yeah. Um, and it again shows that you can build a fantasy league team, which, you know, rotisserie wise can win, win a league, but in real life, those players together can't necessarily win. Um, I guess among my concerns about the current twins, this is not very high. Cause I, I guess I don't know, you know, now if Sunny gray leaves and they sort of have to, and they sort of use hope as a way to replace him, then I guess we could maybe talk, but, like if I was to list things that I am concerned about when it comes to the twins right now, the poll ads being derelict of duty as far as like their spending or being allowed to spend, I guess, since since they're asked if they can't if uh, if Falvey can spend doesn't really I, it's not high on my list right now. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I do appreciate I think it is necessary to ask these questions about billionaires who own sports franchises like, hey. Let's check in here real quick, especially baseball teams in the, in the NFL and the NBA and, and NHL. It's all a salary cap system. So there's really never questions about whether your NFL team is spending enough money because they have to spend within a certain small range. There's a floor and a cap. All the owners make a bunch of money because the systems are set up that way. So in baseball, it is, a, I think every year it is a good exercise to be you know, just kind of poke at the owners a little bit and say, hey, where are we at? Right. Are you guys, uh, you guys putting in enough money into payroll? So... Let's go through this exercise real quick. I learned something just going through the latest Forbes team valuations and revenue numbers. Now, the last one to come out was at the beginning of this season. And the Twins opening day payroll was $153 million, which was by far the highest in team history. It was just below the median mark among all Major League Baseball teams. But according to Forbes six months ago, there were six Major League Baseball teams 
that were taking what I would consider to be a significant revenue loss. I think there were like eight or nine teams overall that lost money at the last point of this evaluation. Sure. But teams that were taking like $25 million or more in operating losses to run their baseball team included the Mets, who at last check took a $140 million loss well, as a franchise. <laughs> yeah, because he spent, so, you know. But again, he spent he spent like a drunken sailor. Yes. The White Sox and the Padres, who commenter mm. Nick mentioned, both lost $53 million. Again, I don't know what the exact number is now at the end of the season, but this right. is an annual exercise. The Blue Jays, $34 million. The Twins took a $27 million operating loss at last check here by Forbes. And the Twins, again, at last check, were 22nd in overall revenue. That's just gross revenue. $267 million in gross annual revenue. For context, there's eight teams generating 400 to $500 million in revenue. So mm -hmm. almost double what the Twins are. The Yankees generate $650 million in revenue. And by the way, didn't make the playoffs. Right. So the Twins did, according to Forbes, at last check six months ago, the Twins have been taking a loss on this franchise. Now, I don't know what that's going to be. They increased the payroll, so they, they probably took a loss in 2023, too. So they are. They are they are spending more than they're bringing in, according to Forbes. So I will say this. Those Forbes lists, because we, we went through the same thing back in my day, as you, you might recall this lead beat writer for the Star Tribune on the Vikings. Um, like, these lists are – because they're – they're tough to judge and teams often dispute them. Yeah. But teams also like play with numbers and stuff, but just beyond that, let's just talk about this. Okay. There have been times I think of late and, and this is basically starts with the Falvey regime because Terry Ryan didn't like to spend like he was trying not to spend a lot at times because he wanted to build a team. And I get that, but let's just start with the Falvey regime. I actually have a bigger problem with when the twins have spent unwisely than them not spending Josh Donaldson turned out to be a terrible fit, for instance. And that was a major investment. And, I actually and loved they, that signing at the time. And he was good. I for did too year. at the time, yeah. but I'm saying in, in retrospect, they need to, to be right. Like our opinions are great and they're fun. And at the time I loved it too, but it turned out to be, probably not the best investment for what they were, what they could have signed with the same use of the money that went to Donaldson. My point is, I don't think the last, and I'm not sure about you. I don't think in the last five years, my big complaint has been how has been their spending. Now we could debate how they've spent it. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but I mean, doesn't modern day baseball prove that if you're not being savvy and also developing players that you're probably just in trouble. Well, like how, how many teams now we always go back to the Yankees world series teams before you were born when free agency started and the Yankees are just like, okay, cool. And yeah. they, and they made world series. Um, but how many in recent years, and, and this is a question, I'm, it's not a rhetorical question in recent years, how many really successful teams have been built just because they spent like the Mets did or the Padres did this season. Well, look, so I'm, I just pulled up the opening day payrolls from last year. The top three payrolls are the Mets, Yankees and Padres. All mm -hmm. three of those teams missed the playoffs. Now over time, obviously that's a one year sample. It would be foolish to say that spending more money on your baseball team doesn't lead to better results over the course of 
five years, 10 years. So 100%. Because not only can it get you better players, it can get you to move off a player. Like, remember when the Dodgers, they had Carl Crawford for like $20 million a year past him, the point where they, he, they, just, they just said, dude, just go watch on TV. We'll pay you for the next three years. Yes. At one point, the Dodgers, they had like Matt Kemp, Carl Crawford. This is like five years ago. They had like 80 or $90 million in dead money just sitting on the couch. That's part of what having a big payroll can afford you, the ability to yeah. just swallow bad contracts, right? This is true. Now, when I look at payroll rankings from 1 through 30, where I will start to criticize the Twins is if something is off – I would say if it's off like by a, a wide margin of sort of where they rank as a market, because again, baseball's revenue right. largely correlates with how big your market is because that determines your TV deal. And it determines a lot of, like merchandise and a lot of other things, you know, uh, title sponsors, like it's more valuable for, you know, uh, company a to put a sign on Yankee stadium with, all of those millions of people and media and everything. Although we're covering... getting patches, Phil. So don't don't get sell patches. us short. Yeah, we're gonna get patches next season. Yep. So the Twins are like a mid market. The Twins were 17th in payroll last year, opening day payroll, or 16th according to Spotrack. That's about right. I'm not gonna criticize them for that. Now, if you're the Oakland Athletics and you are 30th in payroll, well, but yeah. you're in the freaking Bay Area. Dude, it's San Francisco, Oakland. That's like a top five market in the United States in terms of population. You know, you got to figure out a way to make some money if you're Oakland. The stadium would help, obviously. A more interesting team would help. They deserve to be hammered for that. Washington Nationals, Washington, D.C., 25th in payroll. Come on, guys. Now they just won a championship a few years ago, so they're kind of in scale-down mode. I get right. that. If the Twins were to dip to like 27th in payroll, I would have a problem with it. I don't expect them to be 6th in payroll. I just don't. And when the Twins, look, if the Twins were a dumpster fire completely, then that, in my opinion, falls on the people that own that team, right? Like if you fall into disrepair, that that's on ordinarily the people that own the team. But the Twins aren't. And so where I am looking to criticize or where I am far more skeptical is not of the poll ads. It's the people running the baseball team right now. Yeah. Because when they, like, this is up to them, what they invest in. And, and you know, again, I just, I hesitate to say, just go sign guys. It's going to fix things. It really doesn't necessarily. And then you got teams like the Rays, which are, I don't know how they do it, but miraculously year after year, now they're good. Uh, but I think the Twins are at the spot now where where if I uh, cast the Jonas eye, it's far more towards Falvey and the front office than like what are the poll ads doing wrong, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, because as long as the ownership and by the way, the ownership is in line with where they probably should be payroll wise and taking an operating loss, according to Forbes. So, I mean, you want them to take a hundred million dollar loss instead of twenty five. Maybe they're billionaires. It doesn't guarantee but like, anything. That's the point of your so, of of those payrolls. Like, okay, you lose a hundred million dollars. Congratulations, you're now the Mets, possibly. Right. Well, but but I, but but I'm saying like, they could go sign a thirty million dollar pitcher, and it should move the needle. Like, it should make like bringing Sonny Gray back would move the needle. Mm-hmm. But they but they are checking the box, and they are to me they are fulfilling their duty as owners in terms of payroll on that end. And I agree with what you said, which is now it's more about front office. Hey, these are the parameters. You're not Andrew Friedman with a Dodgers budget here. You know the game. 
you need to be more creative than Brian Cashman, who has more money to spend. Like, yes. and that's that's the game. And there, just to be very clear here, there have been times where the Polwats have dropped the ball, like where they have deserved criticism, where the franchise feels like, I mean, the extended stretch when you after you moved into Target Field, yeah, that's largely on you guys. I think that was um, less about payroll and more about just operations and mm-hmm. falling behind but, I mean, the it's times, still lack of curiosity. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but I mean, Falvey, who, believe me, I think has faults, but if you look at what he's done and, and what they've invested in, like, staffing now, which is enormous, and, and infrastructure of the ballpark to look at people's skeletons, which is freaky, things like that, like, they are spent, they are spending now. Yeah. Um, I think part of it with, with Terry, who, by the way, his first tenure was brilliant, okay, like, like he brought this team back, but I think part of it was Terry with Terry was he was looking for a way to save. I don't sense Falvey is. Um, and I don't sense that the twins are trying not to spend. I don't think not spending is their biggest problem, but you do bring up a good point. The grace, the gray situation and how it plays out will be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Unnamed emailer chimes in here and says, first off, thanks to you and the entire trio for bringing the score North twin show back. Your show made me feel like I could have a baseball conversation every day toward the end of the season. Thanks for consuming. Are you planning on doing a show talking about how the twins might navigate dealing with their injured players and damaged goods for next year? I can't recall a division winning team that had so many players with durability questions going into the next season. Can we really count on 140 games from Lewis, Kirloff, Polanco, Paddock, Correa, Buxton? I mean, it's it's, a great it's hard to plan for, man. It's really hard to plan for. This is a great note. I feel as I think we talked about this um, on the Daily Unchained with Patrick Royce yesterday. But you know what's funny, Phil, is if Byron Buxton, and I mean, it's been really sad, but if Buxton wasn't hurt constantly, I think Alex Kirloff would be a big talker. Yeah, like like he he was seen as this sort of protege, right at the plate. Like yeah. I mean, he was seen as a wonderkind, and he's never healthy. Yeah. So yes, it's a great point. Am I super concerned about Correa? No, I'm not. Um, but am I concerned about the fact that Byron Buxton literally cannot stay on the field? That Kirilov cannot stay on the field? That Royce Lewis has torn his ACL twice? Yes. Yeah, it's a uh, question. It's tough, man. Like, I think you have to put these guys in some different bins, too. Like going into next year, I have to rely on Royce Lewis and just cross my fingers. I have to rely on Carlos Correa and just cross my fingers. Chris Paddock has to be in my rotation. The innings thing is going to be a question. You know, they might have to maybe they like shut him down for three weeks in the middle of the year or something, kind of like they did with Bailey Ober. With Polanco, there's enough track record, ankle problems, right? Like you're not getting 150 games out of that guy. And he's a good player when he's in and when he's healthy. Kirilov, I don't think you can go in saying, okay, Buxton and Kirilov, we know we're going to get this from them. You have to have, and they did this year, right? They, they decided for the first time, Michael A. Taylor, if needed, yes. could just be our center fielder for six months. And Who could out. be your first baseman for six months if right. not Kirilov? So going down that path, I think you're exactly right, which is why it sort of concerns me. Like I, I want a, I want a sure thing for Buxton as the backup where, where, you know, Taylor might not have been great, but he was damn good in the outfield. He would run into pitches and 
this was really the first time that they gave th- themselves insurance. Now, do they have, you know, is Austin Martin that guy? I have no idea, but it does concern me a little bit that they would go that route because I want a sure thing. The Kirloff thing, I think you're a thousand percent right. You cannot count on on him. If he plays, that's awesome. Um, the Royce Lewis thing, you do have to have a decent backup because like he has shown in his career a complete inability to stay healthy. Two ACL tears and an oblique strain. But I'm with you. You've got to count on – I'm not saying don't count on him. I'm saying if he goes out, who's his backup? Um, the Paddock one's interesting. So so what's your theory? What's your thought about that? Do you do you go into spring training thinking, okay, Paddock, uh, you know, face seven guys, I think, in the playoff game and look great? As a reliever, or, yeah. As a reliever. Or are you thinking we've either got to bring Sonny Gray back or we have to – take a long, hard look at trying to replace Gray. And and it can't be Paddock, who would then fit into the rotation probably as the three or four yeah. somewhere well, with Joe Ryan. I would say a couple things. Number mm-hmm. one, I don't think you can replace Sonny Gray apples for apples with Chris Paddock. The innings, certainly. I mean, Chris Paddock has thrown a, a total of, including postseason, like 30 innings in the major leagues in the last two seasons, a total of 30 innings in 2021 with the Padres where at the end of the year, he had, so he had the partially torn UCL. He only threw 108 innings. So from just, even if Paddock is a good pitcher, are you really going to get like 185, 190 innings out of him? It would be wildly risky and it would be malpractice to even plan for that. Right. They're going to be careful with him innings-wise. He's going to be like a five-innings guy, probably. Probably doesn't make 32 starts. They find a way to make have him make 26, 27 starts in some way, right? I also feel like watching him throw 98 miles an hour out of the bullpen and his the strikeout rate and everything, I am curious, just like with Louis Varlin, what Chris Paddock could be in a bullpen role. But they do need starting pitchers. That's the thing. Right. So, like, one of those guys, I, I would say with Varland and Paddock, right. pick one of those guys to be in your bullpen and just throw gas, and then the other guy has to be, like, your number three or number four starter. That's it's Varland, right? In the bullpen? Probably. Probably, yeah. I don't think he'd like Pat, it. Paddock has 70 it. career major league starts. He's right. got more experience, I think, right? I think you get pushback there. Yeah. Now, in the postseason... If you're, I don't know that Paddock is starting Game Three of a playoff series in a in a perfect world. I think you need, you. I think Joe Ryan is a, a touch better than Chris Paddock when Paddock's at full strength. So yeah, Paddock probably goes back to the bullpen anyways if they get back to the playoffs next year. Last part of my question: Are we selling Joe Ryan short? A little bit, yeah. He's a really. I think there was a time not that long ago where he was pretty widely regarded as your ace for the next five years, right? I liked him. Yeah, I like him. He's got talent like that. But I'm saying, is is he the, this might sound nuts right now, but is he the gray replacement? Yes, so but Paddock then, then, but then you need a Joe, a Joe Ryan replacement, you know? Well, that's like, Paddock. But that's an easier ask. But I don't, yeah, but then but then you need a, you know what I'm saying? Like you, I hear you. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I get, I'm throwing I get it, it out as potentials. I, I do think Joe Ryan has a better chance to replace apples for apples Sonny Gray than Chris Paddock does. I would agree. But then, like, Joe Ryan was a good, outside of the 
five-week stretch where he lied about a hamstring injury. Let's take those out. He was a really good starter for you for the most part last year. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's been a while for Paddock, man. It's been a while since he's been healthy and effective. So you got to be a little care that that is hope, right? You can't go in with like five things being cross your fingers and hope. Buxton is hope. Paddock is hope. There's a couple other guys that are hope. Kirilov. And what's the history of guys with two TJs? Because Paddock's at two now. There's got to be a study out there, right? I would think it's pretty ironclad at Someone this find point it for the us. next three years. You Some gotta, doctor, find that study for us. After your second TJ, don't you think you're pretty good for like three more years? That thing should be pretty well attached by now, I feel. Or like. is it attached with chewing gum now? <laughs> yeah, who is his surgeon? Hey, Doc, Was give me some of that chewing gum. From the Wrigley family? <laughs> um, Alex Leggy chimes in here and says, thanks to you guys and the entire Scornor Twin Show for all your playoff coverage. You guys make the positive energy from Twins territory more perceptible to those of us not living in the Twin Cities. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate that. Uh, he said, I thought this might be a fun question to ponder. He actually sent this before Game 3. Uh, beginning with the 1991 World Series and including the 2009 Game 163, the Twins have had 10 playoff victories in rounds that we won. Here's how I would rank them. I oh, like this. Let's hear it. 1A, 1991 Game 7. 1B, 1991 Game 6. Yep. He's got those kind of right there. Yep. Number three, he's got 2002 ALDS Game 5, the clincher in Oakland. Okay. He's got a tie for number four, game 163, 2009, and 2023 wild card game one, the, the first, the Royce Lewis home runs and the first playoff win in two decades. Yep. Number six, 2002 ALDS game one. That was, uh, yeah, the Oakland game. Number seven, 1991 World Series game two. The definitive moment for Chili Davis, Kevin Tappany, and Scott Leyes. Yep. He's got the second wildcard game from this year ranked eighth. Game one from the 91 World Series ranked ninth. And then 2002 ALDS game four is tenth. I like this list. Okay. So all the Twins twins playoff wins in series that they won. Put in a job. Yep. Now he's cheating a little bit because uh, 163 in 2009 is a regular season game. Yes, and he does call it a tiebreaker. So, but, but it, but it wasn't a playoff game per se. Those yeah, were I'd have to go back. Uh, the only, the only thing is, I wonder if a, I, I wonder if a couple of those or if one more of those World Series games from '91 should be higher. Six and seven are classics, but they're but they're classics of the World Series. Forget the Twins. Yeah, yeah, they're like all time classic baseball games. Period. I mean, game seven, game seven in '91, you can make a case is the greatest World Series game of all time. Yep. God, the drama just. But good job. About That's it, man. awesome, man. Thank you. Hey, before we get to the twins on the grid here, a shout out to a couple of friends. Hire a pro is different than roofers. Okay. So you can earn a profit on a hail claim. I'm not sure how many people know that. So roofers do it all the time when they ask for your insurance check. They just know what materials to order, the crew to hire, how to negotiate with insurance, et cetera. Hire a pro takes care of this for you. Roofers actually kind of hate these guys because. They show you everything that a roofer can't, the expenses, the profit on the job. So if you have an approved claim, hire a pro will knock it out of the park for you. If insurance has approved your roof replacement, think about the hail damage from this summer. Give them a call. Hire a pro, 651-402-3400. That's 651-402-3400. Uh, 
or go to hirea.pro online. That's hirea.pro. Also, Judd, our friends at Ugly Deck have jumped on board here in the month of October with the Score North Twin Show. Tell the audience. I'm going to tell you right now, you see that, that deck right there? That deck's a mess. You see that deck right there? That deck is beautiful. Why? Because UglyDeck.com turns your Ugly Deck into a beautiful one. Right now, they're offering a Reserve My Deck Package Now special for the DIYer who wants to build a deck in the spring, just like that one right there, and save huge. This is only for a limited number of customers who reserve their deck package now. UglyDeck.com. Get this, offering up to $1,000 off a full deck package, plus locked in 2023 pricing. UglyDeck.com then delivers your deck package to your driveway by May 1st of next year, and you will be the smartest DIYer on your block. Why? Because you're going to save as much as ten grand on your deck build. Your neighbors are going to be like, how did they get that gorgeous deck? And you're going to have saved ten grand. Are you kidding me? Remember, with Ugly Deck, you get free plants, a free coach, like a position coach, a coordinator, mm-hmm access to their online deck build academy and they will install your footings and ledger you do the rest and save go to uglydeck.com uh click on the reserve my deck package now and enjoy starting next spring a gorgeous deck that will have the neighborhood envious yeah also tell the audience too about how if they're looking to lose weight they should definitely talk to our friends at livia here before the holidays kick in well we've been telling the stories of all the people that have lost weight and all of the guys and guys you know what i know it's easy to procrastinate but but through saturday so we're recording this on friday through saturday get this i've got your reason not to procrastinate and it is huge savings because if you join now livia is offering you six months free that's right i'll speak slowly because it's incredible six months for free to drop weight to feel great to fit into all of those clothes 855 go liv uh, L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. If you are outside the state, do not despair. If you're trying to lose weight, the whole thing can be done virtually. That's right. And again, six months for free. This offer ends on Saturday. So take advantage right now and join a long list of people that Phil and I can tell you about. Guys, especially who have lost the weight, who feel great, and who know they're going to keep the weight off because of Livia, Livia.com. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. It's time for an Immaculate Grid Challenge here. Let's see. I know Declan usually does this here on the screen. I'm going to see if I can do this without completely derailing us. All right. Can you see the grid on your screen, Judd? Yeah. Good job. Okay. Absolutely. I don't have like the uh, who wants to be a millionaire music necessarily. That's okay. But uh, that's okay. I do have the ability to type in players into the grid here. So you'll see some new categories on the grid today. I, can, I think mm-hmm. I can zoom in on this a little bit. Let's see here. Declan does. Thank it's you. It's final. Yeah, he's better than I am at producing. Let's see here. <laughs> it's been a long time. You're out of practice. Oh. Okay, you can see that there. That's a little bit wider. It. Yes. So we're looking to go nine for nine. That's how we can be immaculate. With the twins on the grid, I think we can hunt for a low rarity score. Oh, God, but the, yeah. the biggest thing here is we have two new categories. So here's what we're looking for. We're looking for a twin who was a Yankee, a twin who was a Guardian, and a twin who was a National or an Expo. And then we're looking for a Yankee who had an ERA below three in a season, a Guardian who had an ERA below three for a season, and a National who had an ERA uh, below three for a season. And then we're looking for a Yankee who only played for the Yankees in his career, a Guardian who only played for the Guardians in his career, and a national or an expo who only played for the nationals or the expos all right. in his career. All right. So with that, we'll uh yeah, we'll we'll try to keep it to ten minutes or under here. 
and away we go. Should we knock out some twins here first? Sure. Yeah, that, that's that's not going to be hard. Okay. Well, Roy Smalley would be a twin who was a Yankee. Coomer. Coomer was a Yankee? Yeah. Played third base for him. Was a Cub, was a Yankee. We've been uh, a twin. another name that we've flirted with here that we've, mm-hmm. you know, we have like the Edwin Jackson played for mm-hmm. 14 teams. Uh, the, the 70s, 80s and 90s pitcher version that we've never really used is Jesse Orozco. Mm-hmm. And Jesse Orozco, I'm going to try and rattle these off for sure. I know he played for both New York teams. He played for the Twins. He played for the Brewers. He played for the Orioles. Um, he played for the Indians. Yep. The Guardian. So we could use Jesse Orozco for either Twins Yankees or Twins Guardians. If you he want actually to. he actually started his professional career as a twin and was traded in the Jerry Kuzman trade and then came back oh. and ended his career as a twin. But yes, let's use that one. That's perfect. That's Do you want to really use him dull. for uh, which square should we use him for? Guardians. Um. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yes. That's perfect. Orozco. Jesse Orozco, 0.3%. Oh, let's beautiful. go. Beautiful. Okay. Yankee. We got Coomer. Yeah, I think Coomer's going to be pretty low, don't you? I don't think people think of Ron low. Coomer. I'm just going to write him down here. Ron Coomer, Davis. Smalley. Ron Davis. Roy Smalley. Butch Weiniger. Um. Greg Gagne did not play. He came up with the Yankees, but didn't play. Or he came up in their system, but didn't play for them. Ruben Sierra. Uh, yep, Ru- Ruben Sierra. I'm trying to think right. of the. Uh, I'm trying to think of the Knobloch trade. Eric Milton had never pitched for him. I don't think. Guzzi, Were there any Brian Buchanan? I, th- I, don't, I don't think, think there's any guys... big leaguers who. Nah, I, mean, I don't Knobloch think there were Yankees, big, big leaguers, who came over in the Knobloch trade, which actually was a great trade for the Twins. So I think Coomer, Ruben Sierra. Butch Weiniger. Butch Weiniger. No, no one's going to have that one. Should we do that one? Sure. Okay. All right. Butch Weiniger. Right here? Yep. W-Y-N? Yep. Butch Weiniger. 1%. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Curious what Coomer is. Um, a twin who was an expo or a national. I mean, Brian Dozier is probably going to be pretty high on that list, right? Yeah. Let's think, let's think expos. Um, um uh, Jeff Reardon, Jeff Reed, Jeff Reed was, I believe Jeff Reed, who was a catcher for the, the twins and then was traded in the Reardon trade. Reardon's um, mm, who else was a twin in an expo? Twin, like span's um, going to be a high one because that's a, a national. I will say, uh, Declan from Declan got food poisoning yesterday. He did send us a screenshot. He knows we're going to do this. Too. He sent us a screenshot of the grid, and he did say Casey Fien and Jared Burton opportunities. I'm trying to remember. I know Jared Burton was a red. Was he a yeah. Yankee, too? I mean, I'm we're already little, past that. I'm a little bit scared he plugged those in and knows them, though. Like, we'd, like, yeah, like we should we'd probably be stay stepping away. out on the grid. Yeah. Cheating. I, I think Casey Fien was a national, actually, but I, but we should probably stay away from that. Who's the pitcher? Uh, was it Kinsler? Didn't Brandon Kinsler Brandon, pitch Brandon for? Brandon Kinsler, yep. Didn't he pitch for the Nats? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Clippard. Oh, I, like I like Tyler Clippard. Yeah, that's a great one. Actually, though, but here's the thing. For the ERA below three, 
relievers are going to be your friend for that category, right? Because there's going to be now yeah. we could go like like Dennis Dennis or Pedro Martinez for the Expos would both fit that category. El Presidente, man. Mm-hmm. Dennis Martinez. So Kinsler, uh, well, hell, uh, Matthew Lecroy. I, yeah, Matthew Lecroy. I think Pete McCann played for the Expos. Hmm. That that's gonna if that's if if I'm right about that, that's about a point You're point kind of zero on, zero. Kind of Pete on your Ma- own there. Pete McCannon, who was a second baseman for the Twins, he played for the Phillies as well. I think he was it's an Pete Expo. McCann. Pete McCann. McCannon. He McCannon. he managed the Phillies about eight years ago. Pete wow. McCannon. Let's come back to that square. We have a bunch of names that would work. Okay. We just have to kind of pick one. All so right. I'm, let's go. Let, yeah. Where do you want to go next? I trust you more on the ERA than I trust myself. Oh, man. I'm not well, real. The ERA thing. All right. I, I mean, for the for the Expos, their two best pitchers in the 90s were among the best in baseball. Dennis Martinez and Pedro Martinez. Those yep. are starting pitchers. I think we could use either one of those guys. The relievers make it really interesting. And right. this is where I don't know for sure. Like John Wetland was a great closer, right? Great reliever for the Expos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just rattled off. Like we rattled off Reardon, Clippard. Um, who was the other ones we wrote down? Brandon Kinsler. Did and they John have Wetland, ERAs? John Wetland closed for both the Expos and the Yankees. And the Rangers, right? Wasn't he a Rangers closer too? Might have been. Pretty he sure. might have been. So um, I am, I can tell you on the only one team, the Yankees, the old Yankees had so many of these guys, like Lou Gehrig only played for the Yankees. Mickey Mantle only played for the Yankees. Whitey Ford only pitched for the Yankees. These are like Hall of Fame legends. Yeah, I'm afraid that as much as I like, I love this ad. I'm a, I don't know what the percentages are going to be, if that makes sense. Like, because to your point, they're huge names. Yeah. The people probably know still. So, like, who do you think would be the lowest of, of you know, Mantle is going to be high because we just know that. Yeah. Well, and then there's also, like, are there players that got called up in the last couple of years that have only played for a team? And how high are that, those percentages going to be? Ooh, that's interesting. Does that count? Um, an or 80s a cup of one, coffee guys or a cup of coffee guy that got called yeah, up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. An 80s one would be Mattingly, but I think he'll be high. He Don't only you? played for the Yankees, right? Yeah, yeah. he didn't go all. Yeah, he didn't go all. So he, he I, retired because of back problems, I think. I think with like with old school guys, sometimes, uh, like Mickey Mantle's probably because uh, he played in the Phil 50s Rizzuto sixties. Phil Rizzuto, okay. Whitey Ford, I think. Whitey, you're, let's I, go, Whitey Ford. Whitey I think Ford you're barking only up pitched the right for the tree. Yankees. Okay. I think you're barking up the right tree on this one. Whitey Ford. Let's go, Whitey Ford. Come on now. Two percent. Right. Yes. Oh, nuts. Okay. That's beautiful. Good time. Beautiful. Okay. Um, well, Bob Feller would be yep. uh should we go back to the Bob the Bob? Did we Lou could go with Bob Feller well for either one of these, probably. Did, did your dad ever tell you about Lou Boudreaux? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did Lou Boudreaux play for anybody but Cleveland? I'm afraid he did. This is where I don't know, man. Like some of these guys, I know Bob I, Feller. Bob Feller, with the exception of World War II. He was gone. He fought in World War II for yep. like two or three years. He only played for the Indians. By the way, the inventor of the shift. Bob Feller? Lou Boudreau. Oh, Boudreau. Invented the shift. Player manager for Cleveland, and he shifted on uh, Ted Williams. Wow. He was the first guy to shift, and people were very pissed off. Um, all right. Revolutionary. Who else in Cleveland? Who else in Cle- I mean, that franchise has been around for a long time. Are there any guys that like, this is where it's hard. 
that think about like uh, prospects that got called up that flamed out. You know, not like Joe Charbonneau. I don't think he. I don't think he surfaced elsewhere. He was the Cleveland? rookie of the year. He was in like 1981. He was the rookie of the year in Cleveland and completely flamed out. Had a show or had a song written about him. Now, here's my only concern. Did he try to make a comeback elsewhere? And I just don't remember it. Yeah. I'm going to write his name down. Joe, Joe Charbonneau. Charbonneau. Yeah, we'll come C-H-A-R. back to it. A-R. Um, are there any 50s, 40s or 50s players beyond Bob Feller? What about Larry Doby? Did he play elsewhere? Oh, boy. First uh, black player in the American League. He yep. he managed the White Sox. Did he play for the White Sox, too? Let's do this. Because... For the sub three ERA, yeah. Well, no, because God dang it, what's wrong? Oh man, what about Bob Wickman for a sub three ERA? Didn't he have a lights out season? Or should we go? The nineties are kind of tough, like early two thousands, because pitchers struggled more. CC Sabathia ever have one? I think he did. Relievers are gonna get. Relievers are gonna be. I think you're. Plentiful. I mean, yeah, yeah, sub three. Bob Wickman. Bob Wickman's probably right. Jose Mesa. Jose Mesa, did he have a sub three? At some I, point? This is, I'm literally throwing out names of bullpen who, guys. And who closers. are some other bullpen guys from like the early, uh, God, the early 2000s? They had Glenn God. Barker. Glenn Barker pitched a no hitter for him in the 80s. When when we were ERAs depressed? Uh, depressed. 60s, 70s, early 90s. They were depressed. 80s. Too. Um, how confident if we use Bob Feller for the minus for the under three ERA? How confident are you in uh, Joe Charbonnet? <laughs> Not I'm very. Pretty, no, I'm pretty. No, I'm pretty. I don't remember him ever resurfacing, but I might be wrong. Because I'm going to burn Bob Feller here. Eight percent. Eight percent. Okay. That's not bad. You know, that's we could have gone. Could have gone so more, much more obscure there. Let's well, try Bob, it here. If Bob Wickman's right, yeah, Joe Charbonneau. There he is. Oh, he only played the three years. Joe Charbonneau, three yep. percent. There we go. We're back. We're Look back. at him. Okay, That's great. handsome young man. Um, Joe Charbonneau. Under three ERA. Uh, what about Jeff Nelson, Yankees reliever that set Ooh. up for Mariano Rivera? Remember him? Or, uh, oh God, uh, Jabba Chamberlain. Did Didn't Jab- Jabba Chamberlain have like a couple big seasons as a reliever? Hey, it's good. Yeah, Jeff Nel. I think Jeff Nelson would be in here. Let's okay. go, Jeff Nelson. Try it. Try it. I'm up one for time. It. One time, point three percent, dude. Look at that, and look at—he wanted to kick your ass too. And, and look at Jeff Nelson; he's coming through that screen to kick our ass. So we're at thirteen, fourteen, about fourteen percent here. We're not—we're probably not okay. going to set a record here, but if we can twins, stay below twenty, Twins Expos, I'm—I'm I'm confident. Go Pete McCannon. Uh, no, MAC, MAC, MAC. Yep, there he is. Right this there. guy, Pete, Mc, Pete, yep, Pete McCannon, Pete McCannon, Pete McCannon. McCannon. McCann yep, did it. 0.1%. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Subs. So now we need. Do you have any uh, Expos or Nationals that have only been with Expos or Nationals? Ryan Zimmerman is going to be like the biggest. Really high. One. Were there any Expos? So Gary Carter left. Andre Dawson left. I think Warren Cromartie left. Did Tim. No, Tim Wallach played for the Dodgers. Yep. I'm trying to think of like. Well, Fredo Cordero played for a few teams. Is there anyone on? Uh, trying to think of young guys on this year's obscure Nationals team 
They oh. have that that former high first round pick CJ Adams, but I think he was acquired in a trade with the Padres. <sighs> Andres Galarraga. And I'm fairly certain he debuted with the Padres. Went to the Cardinals and Rockies. God. How can the Expos not have more guys who just stayed in Montreal? Too cheap. Delano DeShields, Marquise Grissom. Uh, Dennis Martinez? You know, he was a Dodger. No, right? he, yeah. No, yeah. he went elsewhere. All right, give give me a pitcher. Give me a sub 300. Uh, well, we, three. The, one, the ones we wrote down here are Brandon Kinsler, Tyler Clippard. These are for twins options, but I think I'm pretty sure Tyler Clippard had a couple lights out seasons, like sub three. I'm pretty confident Tyler Clippard. Okay. Let's try it. Sure. I would either go him or John Wetland, but Wetland pitched it. in the 90s. Come on, okay. Clippard. 2%. Bang. Nice. Look at that. Jeff Nelson this is a and Tyler Clippard want to kick here. your ass. Both of them want to kick your ass. Um, all right. Only one team. What What can we afford to feel comfortable with with a percentage well, Zimmer, now? Zimmerman only played for one team, right? And we, right. we ended, but he's going to be 75%. So. Right. Kind of kills us. I just went through a ton of expos. Rusty Staub played for multiple teams. I'm trying to think of like in the last few years, your best bet is like the Joe Charbonneau is like the a prospect who came up or a guy that came up wasn't very good and got sent right back down and never came back. You know, we could yeah. name a million of those with the twins, but right. It's so much harder with other franchises. And I don't, I followed the expos but I don't really follow the nationals. Yeah, I don't either. So like my, my nationals knowledge is not good. My expos is far superior to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Who should um, we? I mean, we're going to have an immaculate grid. If we go, Joe you're right. Ross? Joe Ross. Did Joe Ross get traded? Joe Ross. I th- why why do I think that? I'm going to type his name in and see. Uh, it's a long time. Uh, I don't know, man. Let's well, try do, it. Hmm? All right. I, I was going to say, do we want to be immaculate or uh, go I want I, I think we want to go down swinging. Okay. We know we could do Zimmerman, so we know we're immaculate. Let's go down swinging. Okay. Joe Ross. Or was he a padre? Oh, boy. Don't do this then. Don't do this to me. No, it's um. Good. Yes, we got it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, he, oh, my God. He was like their number four starter. He was a I prospect, no, and he kind of know, flamed out. I have no recollection. That's awesome, dude. Good Joe work. Ross, 0.2% white, but he's wearing a Giants hat. That's yeah, that's, that's Let's look him up. zero cents. I'm going to look him up real quick here. Joe Ross. I had him on, uh, you know how I play like a, a, a fantasy baseball league for 20 years? That's how I know. That has 16-man rosters and... I'm sorry, 16 teams, 33-man rosters. Yep, that's I had I'm Joe with. Ross as a keeper for like five years. That's how – because I, I was in a National League exclusive rotisserie league from 92 to about 2002, and that's how I know Expos. 16 rarity score. Let's screenshot nice. this for old Dex tweets. Dex going to be that. very jealous when he sees this. There it is. All right, that's your Immaculate Grid Challenge. We had a 16 rarity score today. That's a great goal. This is the Score North Twin Show, where we will change the graphic at some point, but we just want another parade before we pass 
Thanks to a listener for sending that one in on the YouTube comment section. 